The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, hey, what's up, Cowboys Nation? Welcome to the post-draft recap for day two. I am Danny Phantom on Twitter at DannyPhantom24, and I am joined by my star seminar co-host, Rebel Rouser and Tom Ryle. They are here, so we are will discuss what happened with on day two of the Cowboys draft and get a little reaction and determine what we think might happen tomorrow. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, Rabs, what do you think about pick 56? Um, I think we have to contextualize it first, and that is that. Uh, I felt like the Cowboys were going to target in the first three rounds, um, three positions, right? They were going to target wide receiver, offensive guard and edge. And in fact, that's what they did. So, so really it was just, since they'd already knocked one of those off, I felt, I felt like going into the day, the other two positions were going to be the ones they picked. And so it felt like, okay, uh, where's the great, where's the best value going to be and what kind of value might there be in round three. And it it seemed like there was a a run on receivers before that pick where four of the five picks were, were those kind of second round receivers that we had been talking about leading up to the draft. And so it was very obvious that they were going to go defensive end. And I think that this was the, this was the cat they've been targeting for a long time. This felt like one of those inevitable, inevitable picks. Um, and, uh, I think there's no way he was going to last till 88. I think he was overdrafted, but there was, but there was, they didn't really have a choice, right? They needed to go defensive end here. The value was not there at wide receiver. And he was the, he was the best option. Now let's talk about what he does. Well, he's got incredible get off. Um, he's got uh, a little bit of bend. He's got a lot of the, those uh, traits that you want for your open side pass rushing um, right end. Uh, his feet and hands don't work well together. And um, he has, a, I think, as a consequence, has a, a lot of trouble disengaging. But I think the thing about that is the things that he needs to work on are things that you can coach. They're technique things. You cannot coach that get off that he's got. And it's rare. So, uh, you know, he was second, second in, the, in the SEC in sacks, went up against a lot of the offensive tackles and offensive you know, guards who, who were tackles in college that we've been talking about leading up to the draft. And, um, and still dominated in, in the most competitive uh, conference in the country. So I think there's a lot to like there, but there's a lot to, that still needs to be built. So you are satisfied, you would say, with that with that selection? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very sort of predictable Cowboys selection, right? This is the way the Cowboys operate. So I'll say one other thing. I don't want to hog this whole thing, and I want, I want to make sure that Tom gets an opportunity to pipe in. But um, I will say that I think the Cowboys model their draft philosophy after the Ravens. I think that the organization that they want to be most like philosophically is Baltimore. They tend to do a lot of things that Baltimore does, right? They sit there. Uh, they, uh, they wait for the draft to come to them. They accumulate comp picks. Um, they uh, trust their scouts. I mean, so there's a lot of things they do well. The difference is that Baltimore truly lets the draft come to them. The Cowboys sequence the draft and stick to that sequence unless there's an obvious, obvious thing like um, C.D. Lamb that, that falls to them. And so um, – what that means is that they're, they're a little less flexible in terms of what's available. So I don't, I don't have any sense that, uh, or any confidence that Sam Williams was the best player on their board. I felt like he was the best player at one of the positions they knew they would, they had to come away with and they weren't going to deviate from those positions unless somebody was just so obviously better. And in a draft where it's flat between 25 and 45, that's not going to be the case. Right. And so they went with him. So do I love, do I love the pick? I like the pick. I mean, I think he's, a, he's got a lot of upside. It's a good, it's a good pick. I, I don't think it's a very imaginative pick. I think there were probably better players on the board at that time. Okay. That's fair. Tom, do you share, share that feeling or what is your take on uh, Sam Williams? Um, I, I feel a, a bit, you know, first off, I agreed with Rabs about the, uh, the three positions. That was very much what I was wanting to see. Uh, it was just going to be a matter of how they had to, uh, do it, what order they did it in. Right. Um, I did feel better as it went along about how they filled in. Uh, I, I'm kind of like him. I'm not too sure Williams wasn't a bit of an overdraft, but I think they got value back with the third round pick to kind of make up for it. And, you know, I went in feeling that it was kind of a, you know, a bad first day, but I feel the first, two days are a lot stronger when you look at the whole package, you know, because they did get those three cornerstone uh, positions taken care of. Um, we knew they were high on Williams, uh, but the next pick was kind of a surprise in some ways. Yeah. I, me personally, I didn't like the Williams pick. I mean, I like the player. I was, he was more of a third-round target, and I wouldn't even have minded if we tried to move up a little bit. But to me, I think that's that's really early. There's a lot of a lot of undisciplined things about you know how he his technique and how he approaches. I think you know, and Raps was right there. You know, you look at the traits, and there are definitely things that you can look at and see see the upside there, and that that obviously appeals to the Cowboys. But I, when I look at these first two picks in particular, I'm looking at guys that. I mean, they, they need a lot of work. I mean, both those guys had a lot of penalties between them. And there's just a lot for the Cowboys to clean up. I I, I almost feel like we're banking a little bit too much on the upside to, to work. But, you know, the Cowboys did have a plan. And I, I guess I was a little surprised that they seemed to be so st stuck to the plan. Like, I, I figure they have somewhat of an, a plan. But if you got better players that fall to you, they would deviate. And it didn't seem like they deviated. They... They went with guys that they kind of were fixated, like these are the guys we are going to get. So, you know, I, it's not as bad as how I felt after day one, um, but I just, I'm not liking these first two, but 
let's move on to maybe some good news. Um, Tom, you want to start us off with uh, Mr. Tolbert there? Yeah. Uh, on the on our live stream, we had been talking as after we got past uh, 56. We started talking about what we wanted to see done at 88, what we wanted the Cowboys to do. And it wasn't very long before we kind of had reached the point where we were looking at who was there, who was gone, what they still needed. And there was a consensus that Tolbert was the best player left for the Cowboys. And this was several picks before the Cowboys actually got on the clock. I was scared to death that we were going to uh, get our hopes all built up only to have him snatched right out from under them because, you know, we just, we just were getting really bought into it. Uh, you know, once it became obvious that there was, you know, some problems within Kobe Dean uh, that, that meant that he's, that I'm seeing that the Eagles are talking about him maybe getting a red shirt here just to recover from his injury. Uh, but we felt that he was the best they had out there. And when it just kept getting closer and closer and nobody took him, we got pretty pumped. And so maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into that. But, yeah, it feels really like this was a, a, a really good uh, – an interesting thing I've noticed is that the Cowboys have drafted better in the third round than they have in the second round. <laughs> For some time, if you look at the history, they've, they've got a better, more solid track record. So I think this was a, another good third-round pick. And I think this is a player that's going to walk in and probably be able to, at the very least, be the six-week fill-in for Michael Gallup or five-week or however long it takes. Krabs, what's your thoughts on Tolbert? Um, so – one of the things we 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 heard uh, in the wake of the first round was that the Cowboys tried to trade up to get a receiver, and it, uh, the the what I'm hearing is they tried to trade up to get Chris Olave, which doesn't surprise me because I think Chris Olave is the best receiver in the draft. I, I don't necessarily think he's the most explosive receiving threat. I think that's Jamison Williams, but I think he's the best receiver in terms of a pro ready package. Um, and I think the Cowboys have been done a pretty good job in the last few years evaluating receivers. They're quite good at it now. And so uh, it, I, I like this pick a lot because it really feels like a poor man's Chris Olave. This is a smooth athlete. When he runs, he runs deceptive. He's so smooth that he's deceptively fast or deceptively slow. I guess the word it would be. I mean, he doesn't look like he's moving as fast as he does, but then he, he runs away from everybody because he's just so, so effortless in his movements. He's really great in and out of his breaks. He tracks the ball really well. He's got some size. He's not, he's not a super tall receiver or a super big receiver, but he's got you know, nice, long, 32-plus-inch arms and big, big, big hands. So I, I think there's a lot to really like about, about this kid. Um, you know, he, only, he only played one game against the Power 5 Conference, but uh, that was against Tennessee in 21. But he got seven catches for 143 yards and a touch. So I, his one opportunity going up against SEC competition, he blew them away. And so I think I think he has he has the ability to compete at this level. Um, it might again, it, it might take him a while to adjust. So this is this is a strange uh, third kind of upside pick in a way because I think you have to think about the upside here being level of competition as opposed to developing a skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the pick. I, I, the, you, know, you guys have suggested earlier. I think Tom, you were saying that you feel like you like the draft a little better with each successive round, and I, I would agree. I think that. Um, 
it feels a lot like, and I think a, a couple people on Twitter said this, it feels a lot like 2018 when after the, after the uh, Leighton Van Der Esch pick, we were like, oh my God, they telegraphed this thing the whole way. Why, why did they do this? This guy's not great. And then they went and got Connor Williams. We're like, okay. And then they got Michael Gallup in round three. We're like, all right, now we're cooking. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel like there's a similar kind of progression here this year. So you say we're going to get Dalton Schultz and Doris Armstrong tomorrow? I think that's exactly what we're going to get tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's hope so. We need a tight end. So. We, need, we need a Cedric Wilson, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, I agree. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this pick. Uh, and like Tom was saying, we were, we were trying to will it to existence. We were all pretty, you know, we, we, we were high on Tolbert. We were hoping that he would make it. Um, I, I think for me, he's, he's a receiver that just checks off a lot of boxes. I mean, I look at him and I see a lot of things that he just does really well. You talked about his route running and, you know, he... He makes those contested passes. He positions his body well. You know, he's he high points the ball. Um, you know, he's not super fast. I think he's got four four nine speed, but he's he's fast. Um, so I think there's just there's a lot and a lot to like about him. And another thing that I enjoy about him too is I happened to I wasn't there for when he decided to join the YouTube, but uh, I was listening to it and he you know you could just tell this is gonna this a high character guy. And uh, Tom, is there anything that from when, when you guys talking with him that, that stood out to you about, you know, what you uh, what he said? Yeah, he seems a very sharp individual. Uh, you know, I think that just flat out intelligence is sometimes an underrated aspect for uh, successful football players. He came across as quite intelligent. Uh, and uh, I was also interesting because he uh, he mentioned that. Yeah, he wound up playing at a small school because he wanted to be a two-way athlete. He wanted to play football and baseball, but and he actually had uh, mm-hmm. single sport offers from uh, I think an SEC school, but he went to South Alabama to play what he wanted to do. I admire that because it means a guy that's that's say he's got a good you know, balance in his personal life and what he's doing. And he's not, he's not all just locked in and and focused. I like guys that have a little bit broader approach to things. And so that I thought was very interesting. And he, I, you know, I asked him uh, specifically if he had any real clue that the Cowboys might be in the market for, uh, for drafting him. And he said the first inkling he had, was when he got a phone call from Dak Prescott a couple of days ago. And they just spent a few minutes talking about, you know, football and how, uh, how, you know, uh, Jalen thought he would fit into a team and what he'd bring, which it, see, it sounds to me like, uh, the, uh, the scouts came around on him late or were running through their, their mock drafts because, you know, the, the, the staff runs countless mock drafts to find out what's going to happen. And they were starting to see that he might be their best shot at getting one. So I think it was kind of just things came together. He certainly seemed incredibly excited to be coming to the Cowboys. Although he said he really wasn't that big a football fan. Didn't start playing until he was in the 11th grade. Yeah. That's, um, you know, I wonder how many, I wonder how many, receivers that called i mean is he doing like the the pre-draft visits now is he like you know you're talking to some and seeing which ones he connects to i wonder uh, that'd be a great question to ask someday yeah i'm just curious we only know about that one but okay so i mean so we're feeling better about this draft now with um 
with the picks today, and we all lo- love the Tolbert pick. Uh, so, what would you like to see happen tomorrow, or what, or what do you expect to see happen? You, you know, either or. Rabs, what, where's your mind at on this one? Well, you guys were talking about um, looking at Tolbert as the kind of clear and evident uh, blinking light. And I think that <clears throat> he was one of two people we were looking at. The other was uh, Rucker, the tight end from Ohio State. I felt like he was he was a little bit of a, a tier above the other tight ends that were available. And I thought it, it was possible that the Cowboys could look at that and say, eh, we can either go here or we can get somebody who's, who's a, a step below. Um I think that I think Tolbert's actually the, the, the smart choice there because there's still some good tight ends available. So I think that we're going to see uh, probably at the very least um, uh, a running back. Uh, we heard some rumors earlier in the draft season and they, they, we didn't hear them much after that, but I think I, I thought they were really interesting that the Cowboys have been looking at all the running backs because what they really want is someone who can run the same plays uh, that Zeke runs because what they really want to do with Pollard is make him a kind of like, you know, um, Debo Samuel type guy, you know, obviously nobody can be Debo, but they want him to like play a slot receiver run, you know, uh, run reverses, things like that. And, and if, if, if uh, Zeke goes down, they don't want to lose two positions by moving him over. And he doesn't run the same plays as Zeke does anyway. So I think what they what we're going to see is, is, a, is a running back tomorrow with a very similar um, skill set, like a sort of one cut runner who can who can run a lot of power inside as well. Uh, I think we're going to see a tight end. Um, I think we'll see um, probably a defensive tackle. And I think we'll probably see uh a kicker and a linebacker. Okay. Uh, and I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing them trade like a couple of those fifth round picks to get like back up into the end of the fourth or something that to get a guy they really like. I, I think that, you know, they, they, they're a reluctant trading team, but I think they don't mind trading day three picks because you know, they're, they're not worth as quite as much. Are there any pros, any particular prospects that are some guys that you really have your, your heart set on or. Um, yeah, I really like, um, uh, I like both Rucker and Kate Otten. So uh, just for, I, I, I believe, if I'm looking correctly, I think the Jets took Rucker at one oh, one right at the oh, end okay. of the third round. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I missed that while we were while we were getting ready to go. So yeah, I mean, I think I, I think Otten is cool. You know, Ferguson's cool. We 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 talked about some of these guys. I think they're they're good values in the in the fourth or fifth. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think about. I'm trying to think of other guys I like at those at those other positions I named, and and of course I'm drawing a blank here at the end of two days of the draft. What about but, uh, what, Tom? Yeah, you, got Tom? Any, you have any favorites? Uh, no, I, I was there was a comment made uh, on the live stream though that that ties directly into the comments that that Mr. Rouser made about the uh, the uh, running back situation, and that's that there there's. Somebody was speculating that they might be looking like Isaiah Spiller out of A and M to give them more options for what they do after uh, this year when Zeke finally has a contract that they can move on from. Uh, you know, so and and I was no, I had noted, you know, that they they've got both Rico Dowdle and Jaquan Hardy on the uh, roster right now, both of whom I think would be, you know, long shot candidates to step in and fill that role. So, you know, it's, it's, you can kind of see there might be some things going on. So 
for for day three of the draft, I do expect them basically to just shotgun blast at all the other positions that are out there. Uh, might see them double dipping on the O line, uh, go with uh, more pure tackle or something, just see if they can get somebody. Uh, but you know, they've got um, they're they're coming in with six picks, and uh, you know, there's a. They can just go anywhere at this point because the crying needs are covered. Now they can start looking at stuff and, and just say, okay, what's the best we can find of what's left? You know, so, yeah. you know, maybe it's a tight end, you know, but if they don't hit on a tight end, it, 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 it's not like the big three. If they'd have missed the three they've got already, they'd have a serious problem. Now I think they're in good shape just to go in and see how they can capitalize on what's left. Yeah, no, I, I agree with both of you. Uh, right now, Kate Otten is my favorite target. You know, I would love to, I'd love to have him. I think, you know, you look ahead, like after the 2022 season with, with Schultz being gone and maybe who knows what's going on with running backs. So definitely I agree. And there's a, there is a lot of running backs, good running backs that are available. So I'm almost wondering, even though I expect tight end to be the target in round four, I'm wondering if, if you look at like a, if a player like Spiller you know, there, there, and there, there's Damian Pierce, you know, Kyron Williams. There's just, there's a, there's a good list of running backs that are available. So I definitely expect them to go there. Um, another position I could see them going is, you know, I was looking through players last week and there are a handful of um, like lengthy uh, corners that are all mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. grouped in this area. So I can see them going after one of those kind of a development guys that, uh, you know, that, that fits what they're looking for. So I, I think that that's a, a position they would, they could address, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this third day. Um, you know, I think there's, there's still some, you know, starting caliber key role, role playing players out there. You know, they talk about the, how deep this draft is and, you know, I'm, I'm not, I think we'll see a lot of a lot of good picks tomorrow. Hopefully, by our team. So, speaking of tomorrow, just for everyone listening, we will again be on day three of the live uh, YouTube stream. So make sure to to join us for that. We'll be there from the start of the draft to when it finishes, and then when it finishes, it will be I believe the three of us again with uh, the day three recap. And we will let let you know how we feel about those picks. So make sure to join us. Um, you can find Rabble Rouser on Twitter at Rabble Rouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And then Tom can be found on Twitter at Tom Ryle BTV. Make sure to check out Tom. He was on Thursdays um, on Riled Up. And then, of course, Rabble Rouser and I can be, you can find us at the Star Seminar on Friday. So, That's all we have for today. Um, We will hang out with you tomorrow. So thanks, guys. Get some rest and uh, fuel up for tomorrow and uh, enjoy your draft.